Oh no. Oh no. It's a lot of oh no. The one oh thing, no. The, uh, dude, dude. Wait, wait, give it a rest, man. We're live. Uh, yes, friends, Die Hard is in fact a Christmas movie. Oh, kids. Uh, it, it, hey, it was what we thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some good, some bad, some indifferent. Yeah, it was right there. I kind of feel like that's been the shark season, actually. Oh, in a nutshell. In f- <laughs> this whole week, I think, was a perf- perfect amalgamation, if I can Oh, hey, whoa. <laughs> use a little French. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Here we go. Hold on. Wait for it. That's oh. right. Crack. Who, who's who's sponsoring? Crack, Sonoma Springs, baby. Crack him if you got him. Hey, everybody, welcome, welcome to that after dark takeover. It's the Pucknologist with your unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast here on Teal Town, USA. Three games this week, and yes, we do have another giveaway. But let's have some fun talking about the Sharks. This week, we're actually going to talk about stuff. We're not just going to like you know read natural stat trick numbers or something like that. We're going to get into some interesting shit. But if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. And if you want to follow us on social media before Elon Musk blows everything up, you can. You can keep us commercial but free by using the Super Chat option or using Venmo. You can find us at TL Town USA. Remember, the donations do keep our casts commercial free because... Nobody wants to hear ad reads. But remember, holy oh, shit, I say already. it, and all of a sudden, boom, Super Chat already. coming in hot. If you're, not with us, if you're not with us live, you can add your takes in the YouTube comments section. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, hit the subscribe button there, and uh, it goes a long way to help us out. So we appreciate that. And talking about things we appreciate, we appreciate 21 Pucks. Coming in huge on the super chat right out of the gate. Huge. Huge. <laughs> said, solid thumbnail. Serve some dinner tonight. That's right. Gadjevic did throw hands. If you yeah. want to see it, Teal Town USA Twitter has the full video with audio. None of this, you know, <laughs> like, we're just going to show you the video. It's, it's, it's only fun if you have the audio, damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I know I, I noticed you know you, you you were talking about some words earlier there. Words are uh, words. It, you 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 provided us with a little bit of an oxymoron there right off the top. Whoa, hey, I know words. Uh, saying that we were going to have some fun talking about the sharks. I'm sorry. Have you watched this team this year? <laughs> oh, I might have meant fun talking about hockey. Well, uh, you know, I guess it depends. You know, fun could stand up for. I don't you know. Fun fun could stand for something, you know. Fucked up Nieto. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, we we don't, we don't make the rules it's here, a, so. <laughs> you know what? I'll throw it to the chat right now. What's your uh, perfect uh what is <laughs> abbreviation for fun, huh? What's fucked up fucked up nonsense, I would think. Hey now. Uh well, hey. welcome to the Pugnologist. <laughs> Hot Wheels 84 wants to know if we got his Venmo or her or their Venmo. Oh, you know what? I can always go and check that. Uh, it was from a couple weeks ago. 
Oh, well, then I'm sure I did. And if I did not say thank you, I'm going to say it right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. And uh, there we go. So, yeah, I'm looking it up. Yeah, I got some people to thank. Uh, John Joe. Or I, I don't want to uh, use last names. I don't want to call anybody up. But Jerry F. Laurel. Hey. Uh, John. Dusty. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate that, man. Uh, let's get into this one. It's an after dark takeover. So, uh, if you're new here, what usually on a Sunday night, we wrap up the entire week starting at the beginning of the week. But when it's an after dark takeover, we always start with the game you just watched, which was a five, two loss to, it was five, two, right? Like Calgary didn't score again. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the score sheet said five, two, the level of play might've said something different, but whatever. Well, dude, I got to be honest, man. Do it. When they came into this, when I when I saw that Calgary had lost five straight, I'm like, oh well, well nothing cures a losing streak like playing the Sharks. Totally. Like, uh, I I immediately knew tonight the Sharks were losing just based no, on that. Yeah, I was the same way. As soon as I think Randy Hahn said it very early, he was like, oh, the Sharks or the Flames coming in on a five game losing streak, and I'm like, well. You know, there team this good, a team this good doesn't lose six in a row. So, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and then and three of those five losses went to overtime or shootout. Correct. And you just like, oh, man, they're going to come in just testy Buzzing, as hell. Yeah, yeah they're going to be pissed. Plus, you know, they they uh, got to sit on their duffs yesterday and, and watch the Sharks play in L.A. last night. So they Ooh. were just they were just chilling in that, in that hotel room. Bosasaurus, again, thank you so much for the super chat. Question to both. What was your most memorable Christmas gift you received? Christ almighty. Boy, that 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 sounds like a uh, a famous last words kind of thing. God. Famous or uh, most memorable. I mean, they asked the question right off the hop, and, and it's a donation, so we got to go with it. Um, yeah. do, you have, do you have something? Because I'm, I'm scratching my head. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be recent. You know, I'm going to have a little bit of recency bias here. Uh, I, got I, mine. I got mine. I figured it out. Go ahead. So I, 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 I'm not really some, I don't really like buying things for myself. I'm really weird about that kind of stuff. A couple years ago for Christmas. <laughs> Except for that sip. Right. A couple years ago for Christmas, my fiance bought me AirPods, which I thought was really cool. Um, most, I don't know. That's... Most memorable, huh? Yeah, at least recency bias. I mean, if you, you know, maybe at the end, if you really let me think about it, I could come up with something from when I was a kid. I'll tell you, uh, a girlfriend of mine back in the mid '90s got me the the black starter fashion series OG Sharks jersey. Nice. Yeah, and even put Nolan on the back. Very cool. Yeah, knew I was a big Nolan fan, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's damn memorable. Still hangs in my closet to this day. That's a cool question, Bozosaurus. I thank you for that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what was it? EK65 chasing Wilson Suter, Blake Burns for the 700. He gets it. Whatever. <sighs> Do we want to talk about this game? <laughs> I mean, you're 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 just mad. Well, because I, I'm Eric not... Carlson did a good thing. Ah, no. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm, I'm mad about the first two and a half minutes of the third period. Can I be completely honest with you? Whip it out. It to to give you an idea to really paint the picture of how fast that happened. 
literally i got up because I, I knew it was intermission so i'm like okay it's 2-1 whatever i got up i dropped moved. the deuce came back no, it was over literally no not even that long dude i moved my laundry from the washer to the dryer and my fiance's like oh calgary scored and i'm like oh fuck and i come back and it's four to one and i'm like why didn't you tell me they scored twice and she's like oh they did <laughs> like it was that quick dude. <laughs> and it's just awful oh it was Dude, so the, the the best thing about this game was the Gadjevic fight. Uh, yeah, honestly. I mean, dude. I, I, thought, I thought the power play was good. Two for five. Yeah, two for five, 40%. Uh, it, the, the, the PK looked a little bit better, I guess, because you got Nieto back finally. Yeah, I just, I don't know, specifically with the power play, I thought it was really interesting, and, and maybe this is an obvious statement for the ages, right? But you notice how the two power plays that they scored on those power plays looked really dominant. And then the other three that they didn't score on, the Sharks were just complete and utter crap on them. You know, like it was either good enough to score or like don't don't even get on the ice. You know what I mean? There's nothing in the middle. Well, dude, they finished the, the Sharks finished the first period with four mm -hmm. shots on goal. I know. And, and that that's kind Isn't of awesome. a, well, dude, and it's kind of a telling thing that occurred throughout this week. Was there, yeah. <laughs> there were there were just stretches where it was just like shots. Who needs them? I'll tell you what, dude. Right where we want them. Oh, dude, I'm right there with it. <laughs> I'm I'm like yeah, get me. Like I'm just sitting here going Chicago, Anaheim, Columbus, man, get on a fucking tear. Just go. You, you know those games in hand you have. Just take them, man. Just go. Take them. Uh, I like how Quinn pulled Kakinen with five minutes left to get a six on four. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're losing by three, you know, nothing is really off the table. Yeah, and I felt like Quinn was just kind of like, well, we, we got to try to drudge up some sort of like, you know, hooray, charge. Yeah, I mean, do something, right? So, yeah, you, you see the meme with the stick, do something. Well, and it's kind of, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, I think we talked last week about, you know, the the methodology behind pulling your goalie, right? But... I kind of feel like in this situation, like, say, you know, the Sharks pull their goalie and say Calgary got an empty net. That's not going to make the outcome of this game any worse. Oh, right. Yeah. Like 5-2, 6-2, like, what does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what's so funny about this game tonight is that at one point, I think it was during the second intermission, like going to a commercial or, or something, NBCS did like a little hit where it's like trying to pump up the history that the Sharks have with the Flames and the... They show uh, Trevor Kidd getting scored on by Ray Whitney back in 95. Mm -hmm. And then they show uh, Jeremy Roenick with a key goal in 2008. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, did y'all gloss over losing Kiprasov to them in 2004? <laughs> and, you know, the Western I Conference Finals, six games. Did y'all forget about that? I was going to say, I, I meant, <laughs> I, uh, I mentioned that to my fiance. I'm like, oh, they left out 2004. She was like, what happened in 2004? I'm like, uh, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> Dude, I was getting a kid. Dude, it's, they glossed over that so hard. I'm like, oh, oh like, you know, if you ignored it, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Well, and, you know, and I feel like, you know, I feel like there's a positive way to to sort of spin 2004. I mean, the first time the Sharks went to the Western Conference Final, like, why not just talk about that? Yeah, dude, no, nobody expected that at that point. No. 
So considering they missed the playoffs the year before, exactly. Fired their coach fired their GM. Yeah, dude. So I was just kind of like, dude, I don't understand what. Well, okay, we could we could go down a funnel on that one. Um, look, I mean, was there anybody that stood out for you in a good way tonight for the Sharks? In a good way? Yeah, and and, and I'm not trying to be facetious. <laughs> like I'm actually asking you. Like, was there somebody you looked at and you're like? Oh, you know what? It, you know, too bad that like that guy showed up. You know, the as we've done many a time here, it's like I had my guy. I would say, and again, I'm not gonna really this this isn't gonna surprise anybody, but it's it's Hurdle and Meyer. You know what I mean? The only the only forwards who were both, you know, not minus and had points on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like by default you look at that and you say, okay, well, you know, but but even then, Timo had four shots on goal. Hurdle had five, you know, so you you can't say they weren't trying, how, uh, especially how, Hurdle. How pissed are, off are you that Bonino didn't score in five straight? Well, I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I go back and forth on that one, right? Because if he scores, then we look like geniuses. We call oh. them out, and then he stepped up. The z- the the zero bump would live on, right? <laughs> But then at the same time, it's if he huge. scores again, if he scores again five in a row, then we also have to hear, I can't believe you were shitting on Benino. Look what he's done. <laughs> we're in a, and there's going to be all kinds of revisionist history out there. So oh, like that's my it, favorite history. It, it's a no win scenario other than him not scoring. <laughs> oh, dude, that's I hate f- to say it because I'm sure he's a nice guy, but that's oh, my favorite history. Yeah, I, I just I don't know. Like I can sit there. I don't know. It's it's funny. In in I'm trying to like. Ju- okay, you want you want the big words juxtapose, if you will. Oh, hey, whoa, <laughs> hey, get the big SAT words up in here. It's a, the <laughs> the thing that gets me is they play in L.A. last night. Yeah. L.A. L.A. played four games in seven days going into that one. The Sharks had played one game in seven days, and they looked like they had far less energy than L.A. And then. Tonight, I was just kind of like, well, you clearly must have saved some for today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there were a couple stretches here and there. But for the most part, I felt like, you know, Calgary, I don't want to say they were playing with their food, but they definitely didn't seem put off by the, you know, it's not like they sat there and went, oh, no, the Sharks. But, you know, it was just kind of, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just, just give us a minute. Let it, let us get our shit together. Let's say, like, dude, as soon as Leech, Lucic scored off Eric Carlson, I was kind of like, all right, pack it up, guys, we're done. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was I was kind of thinking, like, what we saw of Calgary in the third period. Like, I thought we were going to see that the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. And so when when we didn't, you know, I was kind of led to believe, like, oh, like. Damn, they're really gonna stick it to us and win, aren't they? Um, you, you know, I, I'm just looking at the numbers right now. You know, we're very big on stats on this podcast, and what do the numbers tell you, right? You, you asked me who had a good game tonight. Nico Sturm, I thought, had a good game. I mean, had that chance on the breakaway, which was nice. And okay, you want to get the ugly out of the way first. He was minus one. Oh no, but yeah, had three that- shots on goal, and I thought he uh, drew a penalty. Well, so he had the chance on the breakaway, which was nice. Three shots on goal, as you mentioned. Four hits. So doing the right things without the puck. Blocked a shot. Three takeaways. 
77% on the faceoffs. Like, how can you I not like the, that? I look at the stats. He's probably the only guy who had a, I don't, I don't want to say perfect, but he's probably the only guy who had a near perfect game, you know, for what you ask of him, you know, third line center. Absolutely. Yeah. I, he's a guy, I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to say that he needs to be on the top line or anything, but I kind of feel like the sharks are in a position where you got to play the players who, who are going to give you the most, right? Okay, and to that point, what would you think about uh, LeBanc getting demoted and Nieto getting pushed to the top line for during the second period? Hated it. And that, <laughs> Hated and it. Well, and it's not that's not Nieto. That's not meant to be Nieto slander because I thought Nieto had a good game tonight, at least defensively. But no, it was a it was a LeBanc demotion, clearly. But again, but again, I which I understand. But aside from taking a minor penalty very close to the end of the game. What did LeBanc do that was any worse than his line mates? Yeah, it wasn't great. No, that no, it, it but that's the thing. Like, you know, somebody's gonna look at that and say, Oh my god, LeBanc can't hang with those other two guys, get him off the you know, that's why he got pulled off the line, but no, no he got scapegoated. No, that but that ex- exactly. Like I don't like I part of me I don't want to insinuate anything, but I feel like LeBanc got pulled off that line because he's LeBanc. Oh, sure. Oh, you dude! Know, I don't think he, he is, did anything wrong. Yeah, dude, he owns Chateau Le Bow Wow. <laughs> I mean, we know how it is. Hey, speaking of things that are just god awful and probably need to go away, um, man, PP2, that's a long list. PP two. What are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, PP two had one really good stretch tonight. Aside from that, yikes! They are so bad. No, during the second period. There was a power play that the Sharks had where PP2 looked way better than PP1. That was the only time. And, I, and, and he, again, they had five, you know, f- five times they had the man advantage. And you know what? You you look at the combination of guys that is PP2, right? LeBanc, Sturm, Nieto, Svechnikov, and Benning. That's not the worst fivesome uh, out there. But there was just something tonight. It just seemed very clunky. Like, really couldn't. It didn't feel like they could do anything. And I don't want to. I don't want to blame it all on Svechnikov. But of those five, he is the only one that I wasn't overly thrilled with tonight. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Let me hit up a couple comments in the chat. Jesse saying, "Leaving the game right now. The Gadjevic fight was the loudest I've heard the tank in a long time." <laughs> I mean, sure, absolutely. Michael saying uh, Hurdle has been disappointing me these past few games. I I don't disagree with you. Like, see, I do. It, his well, his numbers are there, but there's been times where I'm kind of like, where the hell's Hurdle? Like, I sure, you know, it's it's one of those things where the the stats tell you one thing, but the eye test tell like, okay, he he gets a goal here or there, or he gets an assist here or there, but then there's other plays where you just like going, where like where's Hurdle in this play? I don't know. Is is seven points in his last five games not good enough? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and I'm right there with you. And that's that's my point. Is just like, you know, fuck. I'm watching this game and I'm going, where the hurdle? I mean, not this particular game, but there's been a game or two in the last five or six where I'm going, man, hurdle seems kind of a no show. And then I look at the thing and I'm like. Wait, he had two assists and he's a plus one, and but you know, and I'm like, right. really? Because I didn't, you know, and as you like to say, doing something quietly. Yeah, well, and and again, you look tonight, right? Two points tonight, five shots on goal, four hits. So, like, very obviously made a mark. I think if I had to describe what you're talking about, 
Hurdle doesn't make blunders really all that often. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like even though... Oh, they're though magnified he, when they actually happen? Right. He has Yes, he has factored in on the score sheet in more than just points and has been very good on that front. But because, like you said, there's been, you know, the eye test shows you that there's been some visible blunders. It's kind of like, whoa, this isn't normal behavior. Mm-hmm. But I think big picture, grand scheme, compared to the rest of the roster... Oh, yeah. I, I'm not really all that worried about it. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's still at the end of the day, he's still tied for the, you know, best forward on the team. Oh, yeah. And it's not even close. I like Laurel coming in hot. So boys going till midnight tonight. I hope not. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, not. I'm not optimistic that we won't, but I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) What's the SNL sketch? Not going to do. Wouldn't be prudent at this juncture. (laughs) So, uh, dude, Kakinen finally finally gets Poor back guy. in. Dude, finally gets back in. Throws up eight hundred tonight. It, it's he it, started so good. He did. It started, but dude, you look at his last seven outings tonight. Eight hundred. Previous to that, seven fifty. Previous to that, eight eight seventy two. And you're like, holy fuck! Can we get Martin Jones back? But then <laughs> four games ago. Pitched that shutout, but then previous to that, just like tonight, 800. Before that, 731, but then before that, 974. So it, it seems to be like every third or fourth game, he's going to throw you some really good saves. But dear God, dude, I mean, Martin Jones would like a word. This Was this a, was this a mistake? Trading... Are you talking about trading Jake Middleton for Kakinen? Dude, trading Jake Middleton for Kakinen, was it a mistake to to not keep Hill and, and go for some competition? No. <laughs> okay, then. But was it a mistake, then, to trade Middleton for Kakinen? No. Okay, w- why not, based on these numbers? Well, okay, because, first of all, the you have to use the information you had at the time, right? And oh, the Vlasic argument. I love that. But not even that. But you look at like Middleton, right? What what were people's expectations of Middleton? Don't get caved in. And he didn't. And so everybody flipped. Everybody was like, hell yeah, this guy is awesome. And he really boosted his value. And you get you're able to use him to pick up Capo Kakinen, who I would make the argument that you go back at that time, Kakinen at the time, Kakinen, Flurry, Cam Talbot. Kakinen was probably their best goalie in, in terms of combined upside and stats. So right? why, why is it going so wrong for him? Have you seen the team in front of him? No, I get that. But I mean, <laughs> dude, Reimer the night before threw up a 951. True, which, right, which I understand. And it, it, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Uh, dude, it's like just, it's, and well, now to be fair, I don't want to hang all of this on Kakinen because you look at a lot of the, the early goals in this game. It was either a backdoor, you know, the, like it was a guy on the doorstep and he got backdoored like, you know, Patrick Waugh on his best day isn't going to save that. But they had Kakinen moving laterally a lot tonight. It was right. a lot of cross ice passes. So, I don't know. And the thing is, I just tried to look at the stats, you know, to see if maybe there was some kind of justi- justification for it. The Sharks are bottom half of the league in terms of high danger chances allowed. So you can't yeah. even say you can't even say that they're getting completely shelled, you know what I mean? 
Like there are some playoff teams that allow more high danger chances than the Sharks. <laughs> make that make sense. Like, <laughs> Jeez. Well, it, now, of course they are. They are sixth. If you want to get more general, they are sixth in scoring chances allowed. So, and, and, and you look right. I mean, all five, uh, the six, including the Sharks, the top six teams, they all have good goalies in net, right. Who are just getting shelled in that respect. Dude, it's just, I feel, I feel bad for CAC, man. It, I it, do too, because he's really good. It, dude, it just seems like they roll out like the worst performance that they can possibly do it whenever CAC is in net. Like, we've seen it previous games, like the Sharks, when there's kind of an untested goalie, somebody new, newer ish, whatever, they kind of circle the wagons a bit. They, they play a little more defensively sound to try to, you, I don't know, kind of put up the, they circle the wagons mm-hmm. a little bit, a little bit more to try to help the help chief out capo. It's like, pff, dude, enjoy those clothespins that are holding you up as we hang you out to dry. Well, and, and, and here's the other thing too, that I hope would give, you know, allow people just a little more time before they pull out their pitchforks. Right. <laughs> and, and I, and I understand, I understand that things are reactionary. I, I understand that. I'm I'm not naive, but <laughs> you've let, heard of social media, right? But let's just break it down for a second. Break okay. So since Capo Kakinen has been a professional hockey player, which is 2015, if you're keeping score at home, he's played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is his eighth professional season when you combine the NHL, the AHL, and the Finnish Hockey League. And okay? he's never been a true starter, yes. Um, in the NHL, in, no, he's been a one B for the most part. There you go. But okay, let's, let's just break it down. So across those three leagues, as I mentioned, eight professional seasons. This season is the only season of those eight where his save percentage is below nine oh two. What's so the what's I, league average, by the way? Uh, league like average nine twelve. Normally, league average is 9.10, 9.11, but since scoring has been up, league average is more like 9.05, 9.06. Or what we call the Martin Jones special. Right. But but again, so one out of eight years, he's been below 9.02, and it's coupled with the Sharks being historically awful. I kind of look at that, and I'm saying, okay, as you like to say, right now, the crappy save percentage, it's a bug, not a feature. You know, it makes me wonder what Kakinen would be if he had the starts in Vegas that Aiden Hill has had. You know, I think what, you could probably con- you could conceivably flip those flip their stats, and that would be, I think, a a worthwhile, I guess, prediction to make. All right, uh, Laurel in the chat coming in saying. Hurdle says he was cross-checked three uncalled times by Lindholm before he retaliated, and he knows it was a bad penalty for him to take. I mean, Hurdle, look, for the most part, is not a guy who takes penalties, and I think this was a very frustrating game, and that that call came in, like, what, the last five minutes of it? So I get it. Chief's going to get frustrated. And you know uh, not to mention the fact that I think his his toddler is like in the two year old stage, so he probably is just you know anything to not go home right now. <laughs> well, and and, and 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 you know obviously, like you don't want to take stupid penalties, right? I think we all 
understand that. Especially, Unless you're cunning. Right, well, especially when you're losing, right? Especially when the game is over. But at the same time, I and, and maybe this is maybe this is kind of a caveman sort of opinion, but I kind of feel like every now and again you have to make an example out of somebody. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes and, the bell needs to get rung, and I don't care what the situation is. It's, it's very much kind of like you have to go full twisted sister. We're not going to take it. Right. And that's the thing. And some people may not like hurdle completely chopping Elias Lindholm, taking a penalty when the sharks are trying to tie the game. I uh, understand. I was, I was fine with it. I understand that. But at the same time you get cross checked as hurdle pointed out and the replay pointed out, you get cross checked that many times and it's uncalled. It's very natural to turn around and kind of, you know, say, Hey, <laughs> quit fucking around or I'm going <laughs> to well, slash dude, the shit out of you. You know what it reminds me of is that play. It wasn't it a preseason. Help me help my memory. If you can, mm-hmm. there was that, there was some play where Evander Kane and I'm not even sure if, I don't think it was preseason, but if, if memory serves, it was very early, but Kane got all sorts of hacked. It was no call, no call, no call. And then finally Kane said, you know, F you and hack hacked him back. And then that's when the official got involved. And that was that game where the official actually pulled Kane down. Yeah. That was, that was like the last preseason game of that season. Yeah. But it was one of those ones where it's just like, you you know, call what should be a call, what should be a call, what should be a call. And then finally you just lose your shit and you're like, okay, if the refs aren't going to do anything about it, you know, I'm not taking this anymore. And then well, the ref, you know, and then all of a sudden, the, then the ref goes, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, oh, what? it was fine for him too. <laughs> well, and, and, and you know what, to that point. So as, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, we, we went to the, uh, the rivalry series game, the American women and Canadian women, uh, game that was in Henderson Yama. and very early in the game. Um, one of the Canadian players, she kind of got tripped up by an American player and, and sort of slid into the boards and, and she was fine. Like she got up right away, but there definitely, was no, Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, but it, it definitely could have been a precarious situation. And so as, as the American player was going back to the bench, the, the Canadian who went down, she grabbed the American by the Jersey and yanked her down. And yeah, not, not violently kind of grabbed her in the middle, like by the numbers and kind of yanked her down and. And my fiance was like, like very shocked, like, like, whoa, that's like that, like that seemed unnecessarily aggressive. And I was, I kind of had the thought of like, well, you know what, in that position, I could understand why you'd be a little hot. And I, I can understand why someone would react that way. And I think it's the same kind of situation. Absolutely. It's just, yeah. After so, you know, the, again, like I said, the, you can only ring the bell so many times before finally just something primal kicks in and say, I'm I'm tired of this. (laughs) I'm going to assert my dominance. Yeah. I mean, again, at a, at at a certain point you have to like you and obviously you don't want it to resort to physical violence unless you have to, but you know, you go up and you, you just go by and you say, Hey, like I saw what you did there and it's fine, but don't do it again. And then if they do it again, that's when you have to beat the wheels off them. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, let's see here. Finally, let's kind of, Put a bow on this. Uh, Lindholm, Kadri, and Rasmus Anderson pick up the three stars tonight. Attendance was reported at 14,207. Uh, our buddy, friend of the show, Drew Weber, confirmed much less at the game, is what he tweeted out. 
It is what it is. So again, not that it's a big deal. It's like it is, and we'll get to the attendance thing in a little bit because there was a article in the Athletic earlier this week about that. Uh, but <laughs> you know, win some games. <laughs> that's that's I, what cures cures the ills. That's what makes people want to buy tickets. I just have never. Maybe this is just, <laughs> or maybe that's like, just us. We we still, dude. I'm I'm all down for a train wreck. See, I don't know. I I'm kind of like, and I think maybe uh, as I've gotten older, I think I've I've become much more cynical, right? But every time they announce the attendance, I'm I'm always thinking like, why does anybody care? Right? Just watch the game. No, I, I, dude, <laughs> I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I just like, what do they gain out of that? You know. <sighs> I don't know. It's, a, it's one more stat that they can go, oh, I posted it first. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's the right. only thing I can when I say When I say they, I mean the Sharks. I hope you know that. No, of course. You know, like, and, I, I just, like, oh, our attendance is this number. And it's like, okay, like, why, again, why should I, the fan, I mean, forget watching on TV in another city. That's, you know, well, but, it's, it's, but if I'm at the game, why do I care? Dude, and why even announce it? Like, I mean, go yeah, ahead. But, but, you're embarrassing yourself if you do. <laughs> well, it's like, go you go ahead and you put it in the box score. Like, you know, sure. the, when somebody looks at it 20 years from now and, oh, remember that game when Eric Carlson got his 700th point? How many people were there? You know, if that's what right. your jam is, fine. But, yeah, I'm, I'm right. And what's funny is... I don't ever remember that shit being a big deal prior to social media, prior to Twitter. You know what I mean? Well, it, I it, was, for, it was a fucking footnote in articles. Well, well, I know for the longest time, like back when the Sharks were good, I I know that they took pride in announcing that they had sellouts, oh, which, which I understand. I understand that. And then there was a while right around the time the Sharks started being shitty, you know, so 2019, 2020 where they just didn't announce it at all. Yeah. And people were like, whoa. What, <laughs> what well, happened? You know, even though it's maybe a, a, a goofy thing to announce, like, it's it's something that you've sort of been acclimated to 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 getting, to but, receiving. And that's, see, that's the thing, though, is that when you've gone to so many games where all of a sudden, you know, you know, tonight's attendance, 70,500. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me do my thing. Right. That yeah. I understand. Yeah. You hear that oh. and you're like, oh, okay. But then all of a sudden, like <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks go by and you're like, I wonder how come they're not announcing the attendance anymore. Well, yeah. And then when you embarrass yourself and you're like, tonight's attendance is 58%. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just embarrassing yourself. Shit happens. All right. So it ends up being a 5-2 loss to Calgary. Again, I think both Jerk and myself said, yeah, that's probably what was going to happen tonight. I would have been surprised if they won. Oh, dude. I don't even know why Nieto didn't even start on the second line tonight. I thought that was weird, but I guess they're just – I think if anything well, – because your friend knowing, Benino has four goals. I was going to say that was the thing. It's like Quinn is going to be like, fuck you. I'm not moving him. He's scored in four straight games. Fuck you. I don't, right. I don't care who's back. Thornton's back? Don't care. I'm No, Benino is staying on the second line. Right. So, anyway, uh, dude, can I finally, like, take in a little solace and just be like, they finally scratched Blom. <laughs> How long have I been waiting? I, I knew you would be happy about that. Oh, dude. Dancing a jig. All right. 
Let's get to the beginning of the week here. The Sharks faced Arizona. I mean, it's a 3-2 win. And right, I mean, solid, you know, and it was the return of Reimer. McEnany got sent down. Uh, the, the best thing about this, of course, uh, it, you know, if you're jerking, I is we're going, Oh damn dude, Kachina versus reverse retro. Hello. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a nice night for the Jersey aficionados. Oh dude. Uh, Arizona coming in on a two game win streak after losing six straight and that, you know, but not cheap wins. I mean, they had one against Boston. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of like, all right, this could be interesting. And then I made the joke at one point where <laughs> You know, they came into San Jose and they're looking around and it's like, wait a minute, are we at home? Why are there only 5,000 fans? <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Randy Hahn's 2,000th game. How it was, look, no disrespect to, to Brett Hedekin whatsoever, but I'm very much a, a dance with the one who brung you. Ramenda and Hahn have a trophy case filled with Bay Area enemies. How Ramenda was not paired with Han for this particular game, I have no idea. But whatever. I, I, not, I don't want to get into the conspiracy of it, but I had read that he that something happened, like he was sick or something. Oh, all right. Well, then it is what it is. That's fine. I, again, I don't know if that's true. That could be bullshit for all I know. It, it, but I thought you know I what? had heard that. I wasn't listening to the audio stream, so you you Probably may be right. Thing. You know, Hannon could have been filling in or Smitty, whatever. Um, so is what it is. And that very well could be the case this game, uh, again, like the sharks. Yeah. They, they pull out the three, two, one victory kind of by the skin of their teeth. They took way too many lazy penalties early. They were underwhelming in the second half of the first. Again, I go back to the case of this was a game that they actually had shots on goal. (laughs) <laughs> and they lost or, or they the the sharks won three to two and one of the arizona goals came on a five on three so it's like they were doing well despite not having ferraro and nieto on the penalty kill because that's mm-hmm. clearly been a thing the the penalty kill i mean they took a lot dude four of the, the the pk for the sharks went four of five on that so you're like okay well 80 percent that's pretty decent but dude there were there were times where despite the the differential in the shots on goal, there were some points in this game where the Yotes just fucking owned the Sharks in this game. Well, and I feel like that's kind of been a theme, right, where we, we've seen historically, especially, I mean, really going back as, as long as I can remember, but especially in these last this last stretch that the Sharks have been bad, you know, coming on four years now, where the sharks are not so great against the crappy and the okay teams. And then every now and again, they'll squeak out a win against a really good team. And I feel like that was even when the sharks were, you know, kind of already in the playoffs, but the regular season was still going on. You saw that quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but I feel like this season, and maybe this is by design. I feel like this season, the sharks have just been, shitty most of the time no matter who they play (laughs) dude it was the one thing about this game though is you know cunning got injured early in the first and i'm like and so did anybody miss him or his penalties yeah i mean obviously like you don't want a guy to be hurt no of course not but i I mean what has cunning brought to the party for the most part this season penalty minutes 
Well, and again, I kind of thought too, and 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 we we were vindicated when the line out lineup came out tonight. It was like, okay, no cunning, so maybe Gregor will get another chance. Dude, that <laughs> and Lindblom scratch, right? Yeah, I dude. mean, it was a good day for you. <laughs> dude, this is the lineup I've been searching for. <laughs> oh, but uh, this this was a game that at the end of it, Quinn, of course, he liked seeing improvement. Sure. But but here was the quote for me was DQ saying a month ago, we lose this game. You know, making life hard on your opponent isn't just skating fast and being physical. It's, you know, making it hard for them to possess the puck by not turning over. It's understanding your responsibilities on faceoffs. It's good changes. It's, you know, managing a game. And, you know, I thought we did a good job of that. Obviously the second goal, we've got to do a much better job on that faceoff. That's disappointing. And, you know, we'll address that. But overall, I thought it was a really gutsy performance by our team, especially losing Coonan in that first shift, playing 11 and forwards. And I felt so good about our game, in particular after two periods. And then obviously they got the second goal. I thought they really got some energy off of that. And human nature kicks in a little bit. And, you know, we lose this game a month ago. We lose this game a month ago. I think that's kind of telling. Love the honesty. Yeah. <sighs> Is it is it almost to a fault? <laughs> no, because uh, because again, and we've kind of talked about it before, but you know, Quinn is not like we're we're past the days of you know playing nice with the established guard here. You know what I mean? Like Quinn is going to be very honest, whether you're you know, wherever you are in the lineup, however many minutes you're playing, how long your contract is, like if you do good, you'll get praise. If you do poorly, you'll get criticized. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. And I, you know, I could see some people may say, well, you know, he should be positive every once in a while. And maybe that's true to a degree. But you, again, you can take both. You can take the but positives, you know, but you can take the negatives. But again, again, and we've talked it, we talked, and I, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but we talked about it a lot listening to Bob's media availabilities, but like sitting there saying, you know, the, the sharks are 30th and he's like, I feel like we're right there, you know? And it's like, <laughs> okay, come on, dude. You know what I mean? So it, it is kind of nice for Quinn to say, Hey, you know what? X, Y, and Z happened and we lost. And then you go back and look at the footage and you're like, Oh shit, X, Y, and Z did happen. You know? <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty down with him just, bringing that oh jerry jerry coming in jerry! hot on, uh, jerry! <laughs> uh jerry coming in hot on the venmo thank you so much dude we appreciate that big time uh i i i like quinn calling that out but again i kind of sit there and i go and it, <clears throat> here's my thing is i feel like if i sit there and say something along the lines of you eked out a one goal win against one of the worst teams in the league. Was, oh, you're being a hater. You're you're a pessimist or whatever. And, and I, I sit there and I go, no, I, I'm just looking at the standings. You know, <laughs> the, the, the truth is a cruel son of a bitch. I'll tell you what. Yeah. So it's uh, you know, when I hear something along the lines of, you know, well, you, you could be more upbeat or more optimistic. And it's like, okay, then do better. <laughs> uh, you know, and I will be. As our friend Ian says, when the sharks do good, it's good. Yeah. And 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 I know we've said that like trying to be goofy and joke around, but there's a lot of truth to that. Dude, that's what I'm saying. 
Uh, the three stars of this one, of course, Benino. Benino, Benino, Benino! Uh, Harrington, who, you know what? I hated in the first month, and I'm starting to come around a little bit. I haven't hated him. The whole month he was healthy scratched, and you're like, that guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and Shimmick, but that really goes to show you where this game was when two of the three stars are your bottom pairing defensemen. <laughs> hey, but you know what? That's good awesome. Team, good teams need that. Hell yeah. You know? Hell yeah. No, I'm down with it. So, I, But that's why I called it out. Um, but this was uh, Remenda's 2000th game. It sucks that there was only like 10,000 people there and it wasn't a full house. It, this is the last thing I want to say about this game before we move on. I think the Sharks fucked up and not promoting the fact that it was Han's 2000th regular season game. Like, well, I honestly <laughs> didn't know about it until, like, the game before. Like, this yeah. is something that should have been on the promotional schedule from the jump. Like, there should have they should have been giving out, like, Randy Hahn bobbleheads tonight. Or uh, not tonight, but that particular night. How was there not a Randy Hahn bobblehead that said 2000 at the bottom? You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 But it, it, it could be anything. You know I, what I mean? I just feel like... Huge missed opportunity. Well, you know, I don't want to get in. You know, I don't want to. Again, we're we're not here to jam anyone up, but you you look at the last three years, four years. Mm-hmm. This has kind of been a pattern, hasn't it? A little bit. No, and you know? so, so that that's why I'm kind of <clears throat> I'm 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 a little pissed off, even for like on behalf of Randy. I'm not here to speak for him, of course, uh, whatsoever, but. Dude, this guy was a fundamental component in getting hockey to San Jose. Yeah. So that there wasn't more promotion behind it. More than Wayne Gretzky, by the way. I just want to throw uh, that up. Dude. There. I, 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 this is way off. To, but I, I, you always hear that, right? Oh, if Wayne Gretzky doesn't go to the Kings, <laughs> then do the, are the Sharks even a team? <sighs> and it's like, and, and again, and, and Puck Guy is the one. I'm surprised Puck Guy doesn't beat people over the head with this because <laughs> Puck Guy would know. But Wayne Gretzky Who? was, tr- Wayne Gretzky was traded to the LA Kings, you know, towards the end of 1988. Randy Hahn, by that point, very early, had already started the, what is it, Eric? I know Eric's in the chat. Hockey San Jose, I believe. Something like, like that. Like, you know. So that, to your point, that kind of shows how much of a fixture Randy Hahn is in the the whole Bay Area scene. And and forget, you know, Randy Hahn is not from the Bay Area, you know. there's Good Canadian boy. No, but that's what I'm saying is so, like, for somebody who's not from the Bay to have such a fondness for it, to want a professional hockey team, like, to me, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, you know, my point being like, I'm I'm not sitting here, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to jam anybody up as, as Jerk said, mm-hmm. I just feel like, man, that's kind of a missed opportunity. I mean, the, the guy is synonymous with the sharks. So I would have felt like a little more recognition was deserved. Yeah, That's fair. I, you know, I don't know. If I go to the shark store tomorrow, is there a shirt in there that has like, you know, Randy 2K something? I don't know. Um, so before we transition to the next game, I'm going to do my impression of you. I don't know if you can hear this or not, but I'm going to. Oh, here we go. Give it a little shake. I don't know if that's hurt or not. Oh, Cracking a drink just uh, like you. 
get that sip. Yeah, uh, any any anybody who wants to uh, crack one. sponsor us, you know, I whoever is paying, I am drinking what you sell. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry F in the chat, Kukars, I know that I'm not pronouncing it, but House of Pizza happened before Gretzky oh, puck yeah. guy coming in. NHL Hockey San Jose, which got a letter from the NHL to stop using their name. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so. Exactly to to kind of put a bow on on that Arizona game and really kind of <laughs> hit you over the head with how important Randy Hahn is to this whole operation. There you have it. Yeah, uh, but the no, if we're really gonna put a bow on the Arizona game, we're to be honest, to be fair, I think Jerk and I are maybe a little vexed, a little perplexed. Whoa, hey, whoa, <laughs> uh, that the Sharks didn't lose because. Swift Shark said he would donate 50 to the podcast when the Sharks lost. And you want to know something that funny? That didn't happen. So, you know what? I guess we keep this until the next Arizona game. You want to know something kind of funny? Which, by the way, January 10th. Go ahead. So, since Swift Shark threw that comment, I've not seen them since. Oh, so that's a I camper kind of, move, bro. Camper so I move. I kind of feel, and and you would know when, or I guess that graphic would have the date on the top of it, but I, like, I've not seen them since, and so I'm wondering, like, if they just hid under a rock and waited for the game to be over. Oh, dude. Oh, John on Venmo. Shout out, John. I see you on Venmo. Dude, appreciate it, man. Super appreciate that. Thank you. Let's move on. Sharks at LA. It's a 3-2 shootout loss. Reimer would get a second straight start. Kings would come in 3-3 and 1 over the last 7. I don't know what the hell is going on with LA. I, oh, defense. Well, I was going to say uh goaltender. <laughs> they lost to Columbus in overtime. They get shut out 6-0 in Buffalo, but then they beat Boston in a shootout. I mean, they're right up there, but they start Phoenix Copley Copley, whatever, in net. He even got an assist on the on the night, on the Dino goal. But this is just, you know, it's another game. The Sharks allow another power play goal. You know, no one can replace Nieto, evidently. Sharks, I think at that point, were like 8 for 12 on, on the PK. It was just horrible. This is some horrific defense tonight. There was a point where the Dino skated through three guys. Magna with some of the worst defense I've ever seen, just kind of put his stick out there. Like, zero physicality. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And even Reimer, though, to his credit, despite the fact that Deneau, like, skated, walked in through three guys, Reimer still came out and said, yeah, I should have had that one. <laughs> I'm like, dude, no. The guys in front of you should have had that. And to take it a step further... Let's hear from Remenda on a little bit of the defense from LeBanc and Eric Carlson against LA. 62, Kevin LeBanc cannot go to that man. He's got to make sure he takes the dangerous man away from that because Magna's already there. And Eric Carlson, I, as great as Eric Carlson is, I don't know what he's doing here. I, I don't understand what he's doing on that particular play. I think that man, you've got to play that. You've got to back up. Maybe it was because he was trying to come up the ice. Yeah, when, when Drew Remenda goes, I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> it's not good from what I've heard. Yeah. So, I mean, but LeBanc in this one, 
He showed off a great shot. He was Dude. the only one to to uh, to score in the shootout as well. That shot by LeBanc was a tasty little treat. Oh, off that feed from Meyer. Yeah, I mean the Dude. pass from My- pass from Meyer was beautiful, but just the way and I think and I I I like to hope that with LeBanc continuing to be on that line, he can take more opportunities to to number more, one more chances, more looks. Yeah, more looks to get to number one, get open, but number two, unleash his shot because everybody, and and I understand why, but everybody talks, everybody talks about how crafty of a playmaker that LeBanc is, which, which he is. I'm not going to say he's not, yeah. but again, you like, you go back and, and, you know, look at what he did in junior, specifically his last year in junior. He can rip the puck like you would not believe. He and can, so, dude. He can get behind that. You know, put, the, puts both cheeks into it. <laughs> right, and so the fact that he's never really been a shoot first guy, it's like, man, like, <laughs> you, imagine you might want to think could, about it. Well, yeah, imagine what could be. And so seeing that shot last night, uh, I was like, I was very pleased to see that. I was <laughs> very much like, can I have some more, please? You know, like, it was, it was nice. And it was another one the special teams got involved with. The Sharks one for one. They only drew one penalty. The Kings drew four, and the Sharks killed three or four of them. So that's another one where it's kind of, all right, a little bit of special teams involved in that one. But, again, this was something I said when we were talking about the Calgary game tonight against L.A. The Sharks had two shots on goal through the first 15 minutes of the third. You're behind, and you have two (laughs) shots on goal? See, and that's the other thing, right? Is you, in a normal situation, you would expect your big guns to be out there a lot more frequently doing doing everything, right? And the thing that really kicks you in the fucking balls, dude, Meyer drew a call in overtime. They had a full two minutes of four on three. They got zero shots on goal, and LA got two. Which is especially concerning because of how, truthfully, how good the Sharks have been in three-on-three this year. Dude. <laughs> but, I, but I couldn't, I, I was like, are you kidding me? And again, I, I mentioned this from the jump, but dude, LA came into this, they, they were coming home from a road trip, they played four of seven, and they're moving faster than a San Jose team that had played one game in seven days Lindblom I don't even know if he played in this game I never heard his name all goddamn night and you know what really set it off for me is that the Sharks post game when they do their little top three highlights number three was Pavelski scoring his in his 1200th game like that's how bad this LA game was it's like let's show you a highlight from the guy who used to be here three years ago well, and I think that I think that piles onto the point I made last week of certain people acting like these franchise icons are still on the team. But I digress. <sighs> but uh, I, I still I I can't the lack of shots on goal in certain situations. But dude, to have a four on three for a full two minutes to not get a shot on goal is ridiculous. To give up to? Are you kidding me? And even Quinn, post-game, even admitted we were fortunate to get one point out of this. We're pretty inconsistent tonight with a lot of things we tried to do. And, uh, you know, 
probably a little fortunate to get out with a point tonight, but had chances at the end of the regulation with a power play and then obviously another power play in, in the overtime and weren't able to capitalize. Yeah, had some chances, but dear Lord. So it ain't good. It ain't good. <laughs> so Sharks finish the week one, one, and one, take three of six points as Jerk and I will tell you over and over and over, right where we want them. <laughs> right where we want them. Uh, you know the, it. The, dude, the good news this week, Reimer returns. Uh, the Sharks won two consecutive games, if you go back to the Anaheim game, so at least there's that. Uh, are, are they like two of the worst teams? Sure. But they also picked up a rare home win and uh, a rare alternate jersey, or I should say reverse retro jersey win. Uh, the bad news is that uh, they played more than those two games. Uh, they lost. Accurate. They lost another game where they had to lead during OT. They dropped penalty, couldn't get up a shot. As I just said, here's the one thing though that I wanted to ask you about during the LA game. Eric Carlson got called for a double minor for a high stick, but after review, it was overturned because he had kicked up Kopitar's stick, and then Kopitar's own stick went into his face, and they said. Oh, that's on you, bro. Mm -hmm. So would you like to see more review options or maybe expanded challenges where it doesn't, because isn't it right now every double minor is looked at just in case? Yes, that is correct. Anything that's not a two-minute penalty is looked at. So that's double minors, major penalties, match penalties, all that misconducts, everything is all reviewed. And I... How, what, are, like, what are your feelings on high sticking being able, almost like a coach's challenge from from football where you get three? You know, like if right. they look at the video and they, they call somebody for high sticking, but then, you know, not Dan Darrow, whoever it is now, but somebody behind it goes, oh, that, that was a kid. Like it, it doesn't happen to draw blood, so it's not a double. But they look at it and go, oh, dude, that was his own stick. Like throw the flag. Like, would you be a proponent of seeing that expanded or you're like, no, that slows the game down too much? You know, I go back and forth because on one hand, I like, you know, I like getting things right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, officiating in the NHL has and always will be a judgment call. And so if you're now starting to scrutinize judgment calls, where does it end? Like, like, you know, Goalie interference or offsides or puck out of play, you know, you review those things. Those are tangible things that happened. But if you're reviewing a judgment call, like, where does it end? You know what I mean? So I kind of, you know, I like getting it right, but not at the expense of looking at every little thing. Yeah, I don't want to look at every little thing, but I do feel like the coaches should, again, maybe get that that idea of like you get three per game. You don't have to, you're not required to use them. And, and that's the one thing that kind of makes me fall on the other side of it where I'm, I'm thinking, ah, oh, fuck, it's going to be, you know, late in a game and they're out of timeout. So as, as a way to give his guys a breather, he's going to challenge something stupid, mm -hmm. you know, just to give his guys a breath. So well, now that leads to a delay game penalty if it's wrong. So, that's true. So, and in so in that case, I'm down with it. But I do think that maybe there should be just a slight expansion of it, as to maybe there are certain things that should be challengeable. I get the the offside, of course, 
but some of these, you know, like a hook. No, no, that's, you know, a trip or whatever. No, 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 no. But you know, a high stick when you lick, cause I've seen that so many times where somebody takes his own stick to the face and they call it on another player. I'm like, right. Maybe that should get an expanded look. You know, and and let's be honest, they're not going to call it if they don't see it on the video. So, anyway, that's where I'm at. Uh, the Sharks again. It's yeah, losing record when they score first. Fifteen games they've scored first <laughs> with only six wins. Yikes! Uh, you know, it only leads the NHL. That's great. Uh, special, special. Right where we want them. Yeah, special teams have, again have been so bizarre. The Sharks have at least. A power play goal in six of seven games in December, but all of a sudden they've allowed power play goals in six of seven. So it's, I, I it's weird how the pendulum kind of swings from one side to the other. Through thirty three games, the Sharks twenty six points last year. Thirty three games, thirty five points. So oh, let's bring Bogner back. Kidding. <laughs> Let's go to our hero in zero. And I kind of touched on this earlier. Kevin LeBanc, dude, that's my hero this week. I mean, despite the call out from Remenda, of course, Chiefs putting up points, man. Five points in six games, three goals, two assists. He, like I said earlier, got the go-ahead goal versus LA, and he was the only one to score in the shootout. So mm-hmm. that's, my, that's my hero this week. But I do want to give a shout-out to Reimer for coming back and throwing up a 951 you know, against, uh, what was that, L.A.? Yep. It was only 909 versus Arizona, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kevin LeBanc, my uh, my hero this week. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, I, again, I'm going to go with the sexy pick here. and my... <laughs> The training staff? <laughs> uh, my hero for this week, it's, to- it's Tomas Hurdle. Uh you know, three points in three games, which is, again, you want that from your best player. And, Point per game doesn't suck. Right. And, you know, made some, you know, as we talked about, made made a couple blunders, but I thought found ways to make up for those blunders, right? And, you know, the NHL, a lot of it is about like, okay, how do you, if you make a mistake, how do you respond? And, well, in this case, Hurdle responded with goals, and that's always nice. Um, I just you know, I know where the Sharks are at. It's not that great, right? But you still you still want your best player to be your best player, right? And so I think the fact that we're getting that right now, it's not something that should be taken lightly. All right. And uh, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Benino, who was on the zero list for a while and then scored four straight. So the zero bump is alive and well. Hell yeah. Uh, speaking of zeros, uh, Lindbaum, still on mine. Three hits this week, one shot on goal, even. Next. Yeah, um, for me, the zero is going to be... Pile on, pile on, say, say Limbaugh. Well, <laughs> uh, again, but that's an easy one, right? Uh, I'm, st- me, I'm sticking with it. Go ahead. For me, it's Zvechnikov. I oh! mean, there there is a little bit of recency Dude, almost bias. almost lost an eye tonight. I know, and I feel bad because that looked brutal. But, uh, you know, there is definitely some recency bias because he was not he was not very good last night. I, I <laughs> got waved a week ago. Right. I mean, I, I think he was a big reason why PP2 looked very clunky tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, he took, you know, he, he's been a minus player. He's taking an opportune penalties and he's not, he's not factoring into the score sheet the way you kind of hoped he would a couple weeks ago. 
And again, we've talked about where the Sharks are and what they may or may not be able to do. But again, when you're on the third line, you're still counted on, right? And he's really, if you ask me, not done a whole lot lately to justify being higher than the fourth line. And that's, it. A, and that's it, you know? All right, so we'll move into our quick hits here. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Randy called his 2000th game. If you didn't notice it, follow Teal Town USA on Twitter because we uh, kind of spent a lot of the day just putting some of our favorite moments up there. And I have to say this, we, because I did tweet this out a couple days ago, we had somebody booked to speak with yesterday and we were going to include it in tonight's broadcast. Unfortunately, schedules get in the way, but you can expect to hear them next Sunday. This is someone that you're not going to want to miss. This is going to be, this is a first timer, long, long time listener, first time caller, first time ever joining the show. And this person knows where the bodies are buried in just speaking with them on the phone got some really juicy bits. So next Sunday, mm-hmm, that's going to be something to tune in for. Oh, my Lord. Oh, the, we, we have to talk off air, Jer. Uh, the, the Sharks continue their breakaway pass promotion, eight games for 89 bucks. Yeah, okay, you know what? The Sharks, they're not doing great record-wise, but, dude, tonight, as much as I was kind of like th- those first two and a half minutes of the third kind of sucked for the most part, dude, it was an entertaining game. Mm. <laughs> I guess I, dude, I've, I've felt like for the most part, I mean, 33 games, there's like three or four. I'm kind of like, Ugh. sure. But there's been other ones. I'm like, ah, fuck, you know, one goal loss, but I'm like, you know what though? I was entertained. They were close, you know, <laughs> like, so Anyway, my point being, and I, you know, I'm not here to shill or anything like that, but dude, $11 a game, that's a decent entertainment purchase. So do with it what you will. It's available. Biggest risers and fallers in team attendance reported on by, by The Athletic this week. The Sharks coming in at 30th, just under 80% capacity. I mean... Dude, the Warriors on the come up, the 49ers are doing well, and, and you're not. Like, what a, What did you expect? Well, you know, when you, I mean, when you, when you make the playoffs 14 times in 15 years, and then <laughs> go from, and then we go have from, set expectations, right? And then you go from that to missing the playoffs four times in four years. Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a surprise. <laughs> the hockey news checked in on lottery contenders this week. Quote, the Bay Area would be a fun spot for Connor Bedard to land. I'm sure it would. And the Sharks are doing their best to make sure that happens. They rank fourth worst in points percentage this season as a team, largely thanks to their record at home this season with just three wins in 16 games. And uh, I think... Now that would be three in 17 after tonight. They have more points than a few of the teams behind them, but they've also played more games than most of the bottom half of the league. So among the teams at the bottom of the standings, the Sharks are easily leading in the way 
and best vibes as Eric Carlson's resurgence has made watching the Sharks fun again and they are welcoming the rebuild already. They are in the top half of the league for scoring while also being in the bottom five for allowing goals. To say that hockey in San Jose has been fun as an unbiased viewer is an understatement. Bright spots and a hope for the future is William Eklund, Tomash. Oh, I said Thomas. Tommy Bordalo. I like Tomash. I just like saying that for everybody. Philip Bystead, the future for the Sharks. And while they aren't quite there yet, or as Jerk likes to say with me, we're not there yet. They do provide a reason for hope. The team may not outwardly say that they are rebuilding, but the actions of the squad certainly seem to indicate that they have, and they are, playing fun hockey. Add in names like Brandon Coe, Daniil Gushkin, uh, Matthias Havlid. Am I saying that correctly? Feels like it. I believe so, yeah. And whoever they draft at the top of the draft with the amazing pick they're, of course, going to get, <laughs> the Sharks could be in for a solid future. So I guess that's an optimistic way to look at things. Yeah. I mean, that's all great, you know, but again, like you still have to get there. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. I mean, I I don't know. Again, it, it definitely, you definitely should be excited for sure. But to think the sharks might be on the come up i'm not quite there yet no i'm not saying they're on the come up because i mean dude let's be a let's call things what they are i mean i i feel like we try to do that while we're here um last i looked if the sharks called up bordalo he'd be third on the team in goals he hasn't been called up I mean, if you want me to get into it again, I will. But no, 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 no. I'm just saying that the if they were if the Sharks were serious about winning games, sure. Versus trying to build something to grow into over the coming years. You, you know, you catch my drift. You you picking up what I'm throwing down. It's right. Bordalo would were... already be on this team. Right, if they were closer, these guys would already be playing. Yeah, when you when you look at Bordalo and his twelve goals, he he'd literally be like third or fourth in the team in in goal scoring. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Agazina would be like fourth in points. So it's you know. Anyway, let's move around the NHL. This is something I was looking forward to. Aside from okay, Pavelski played his twelve hundredth game. He scored and ended up losing in overtime to Burns. And the Canes. Good for him. And that's, you know, that's the Sharks time. Here's two players that don't play for the Sharks anymore. There you go. All right. Board of Governors meetings. Oh, my Lord. This is the thing that I wanted to get into. We probably went way too long with the earlier shit because this is the shit that I wanted to get into. Gary Bettman says, current revenue projections seem to indicate the cap will only go up $1 million next year based on players still owing escrow but he did allow for the possibility revenue could exceed projections and therefore the cap could jump up more. But jerk, dude, one NHL GM said, I just wish we had a definitive answer. (laughs) I mean, dude, not knowing hamstrings your decisions when you're so close to the cap and you've got so many FAs that you have to deal with. I mean, at some point, when does Bettman say, okay, this is the actual number? 
Well, it, it, it's all just politicking. You know what I mean? Because if you read the um, if you read the CBA extension that was done right before the bubble playoffs two years ago, it does say that the salary cap won't go up until the debt to the owners is fully paid off, which I understand. But again, the cap went up this year and there was a whole action plan for it to go up, you know, next year, the year after all this kind of stuff. And so even though the debt is not paid off, they've kind of forecast when the debts might be paid off. And so what I'm having a hard time understanding is why, you know, when it came out a couple months ago from Gary Bettman, by the way, <laughs> that the salary cap could go up four million bucks whenever that was the beginning of October, I believe. Why now in the middle of December, when the NHL's on target for a record in terms of revenue, the cap's all of a sudden not going to go up, you know, <laughs> could go up a million, could go up four million. I'm just like, it, it just doesn't make sense. It feels like politicking and. You know, there's a lot of conversations. If you've listened to any podcasts, you know, you will know what I'm referring to. But there's been a lot of conversations about, you know, this being a tactic to sort of get the NHLPA in a room to negotiate the to negotiate the exact number. The salary cap will go up the next, you know, each of the next three years, you know, and and. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't. It, it's just, it feels like a lot of politicking, and it feels like Gary Bettman trying to walk back something that he said from his own mouth in the name of trying to get something else out of the players. And I think it's kind of greasy, dude. That's that's the thing. It's it. I, we we talked about it last week. Last week was Gary Bettman's thirtieth year. They're like on the dot, thirtieth mm -hmm. anniversary. And it's kind of like, all right, that sounds like a a nice round number. Y you need to go. Like you, you did a very good thing. You, you oversaw some great expansion and, you know, and you've overseen some things that eh, maybe did, but let's be honest for the most part, you were a tool of the owners, whatever they wanted was going to happen. That's why he's not going anywhere <clears throat> until he dies for that yeah. exact reason you just said. <sighs> and uh, you'd think again, as you mentioned, as a tool of the owners, right? You would think he would be making things happen to have the salary cap go up more. Mm. You think he would be more, <laughs> more optimistic. More games in Tahoe, baby. <laughs> you think he would be more optimistic about the projected revenues. You'd think, and I'm doing this to get you to the next point, you'd think he'd be more interested in expanding the playoff field. And let's talk about that. <laughs> he continues to have no interest in adding a play-in or a wild card round to the playoffs saying you're looking to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Now, one question you can ask, should the NHL move back to a one versus eight interconference playoffs? You're I, asking me? <laughs> well, I, like if I, if I'm, if, if you're going to ask me, if, if you're going to say, AJ, you have a vote. I kind of want to go back to one through eight. Like I understand the, interdivision thing through the first two rounds cuts down on the travel and I respect that part of it but god damn there was some really fun games that were played between San Jose and Detroit or San Jose and Colorado and or or in San Jose and St. Louis and while there have been a couple obviously 
San Jose and Vegas have has been huge. Huge. Couple series versus LA. I don't know. I was more jacked for those, I don't know, the other ones that were outside of the division. So I, I would love to see them move back to one through eight, but it's not a deal killer for me. I'm not opening a new Twitter account saying, you know, NHL go at NHL, go back to one, two, eight. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? You, you mentioned being more jacked for those matchups. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've talked about this before. So if you're a longtime listener, you've heard this, but you know, in that setup, in that playoff setup, it was, it was less likely to play the same team year after year. So when you <laughs> and yet so the when, Sharks did. <laughs> no, but that's what No, but that's but you're making my point for me because it was less likely to occur when it did occur it was like, "Oh man." Like Didn't they play like know, Nashville 3 seasons in a row? Two in a row. They played Nashville two in a row. And they like played, what and didn't they like win that both of those series like 8 to 1? Uh combined series score would have been 8 to 2. Oh, there you go. Yeah, like but both he, were four then, one. Uh, yeah. And 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 really think about this. You, you do you know who? who? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you know who the Sharks have played the most in the playoffs? St. In their, Louis Blues. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Not a divisional opponent. Right. That's what I'm and saying. Here's the here's the other thing though. And there's been a lot of conversation. I know you and Puck guy kind of put things out there earlier in the week. Some conversation of changing the schedule, maybe to be you know two games longer and mm-hmm. a bit more division centric. Which here's the thing, the NHL, the NHL wants to have the playoffs start within the division, which that idea alone, I support that. That's fine. But how can you do that when you play teams in your division four times a year and you play teams in the Eastern Conference two times a year? Mm-hmm. If you want, if you want playoffs to begin in the division you have to make the divisional games more important so when the idea of playing divisional opponents six times or eight times or seven five times whatever like some cold water was thrown on that earlier this week and i was like really confused because it's like you want the playoffs to start in the division but you don't want regular season divisional matchups to be more important like it just it doesn't seem like those jive with each other so i think you know either go back to one versus eight and keep the schedule the same or keep the current playoff format and make the schedule more division centric. Well, and and that's my thing is <clears throat> look, I, I understand the idea of like, do we need two more games? <laughs> you know how many preseason games you could ax? Yeah, you could, you could ax too. You could literally have like, okay, we're going to do... ax four of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could literally have like three preseason games a year. That would be it. Maybe even two. <laughs> you know, they draw flies, but I mean, or maybe four. Yeah, and and you do it where it's kind of like, okay, this season we're gonna host LA for two, and then we're gonna play at Anaheim for two, and then the next year we rotate it. You know what I mean? And it and I'll it all s- stays within that. But you, you play four preseasons, and like I said, you do back to backs. I'll tell you this though, you know why, you, um, you know the powers that be, uh, you know why they like preseason games. Whip it out. Because you in preseason games you make money 
from tickets and merchandise and food and beverage. You make money from those things, but you don't have to pay players during the preseason. No, and that's fine. That's the, my. It's just my thing being. Uh, it, you're, you're gonna pay. You're okay if you're the Sharks. You're gonna play the Eastern Conference. One one home, one away. How many games is that? Sixteen, right? Or six, well, it would be thirty-two. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's like sixteen there, sixteen at home. So yeah, so that's thirty-two. Then you play the Central three times, so that's twenty-four. Twenty, yeah, twenty-four. So where are we at? Fifty-six. Okay, then. What fifty eighty-four minus fifty-six? That would be twenty-eight. Oh, hmm. Seven times what is twenty-eight? Four. Interesting. Ah, hmm. How many uh, other division teams are there? Seven? Hmm. 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 And again, to your point, you go and and for those who don't know, the NHL schedule was eighty-four games once upon a time. Well, not only but, that, but my other point being is take if you see this is the thing that that drives me a little batshit about this is that they're talking about that they want more focus on interdivisional games where they're even talking about taking away that third game from the like if you're the sharks taking away the third game from the central so you will play everybody outside your division twice only home and away the rest of it is all going to be focused on in your division so two questions first off what if your division sucks it it happens the other thing being if you're going to do that that's fine maximize this shit if you're going to play LA six times or whatever. Let's go back to some bubble hockey, baby. Let's have a week in November where the Sharks play LA Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Boom, boom, boom. And then in March, they host LA Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Boom, boom, boom. Like make a series out of it. So do it kind of like baseball. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like make so if you're gonna do that shit, and you're talking about well, you know, it's also gonna uh, cut down on travel. You know what really cuts down on travel? Playing the same not, team not three weeks. In, yeah, <laughs> right. Like what they're doing with Calgary right now. They played Calgary earlier tonight. They're gonna play them on Tuesday. You know, I hate spoiler alert. Calgary isn't flying home tonight to come back on Tuesday. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, maximize this. The fact that it was so enjoyed by the players. Yeah, it, did it suck that you had to see the Sharks play Arizona like eight games straight? Kind of sucked. But you know what? By that third or fourth game, you're kind of like, man, these guys fucking hate each other by now, you know? And made those games a little more interesting. I would love to see that happen more interdivision. And the thing that I think is so goddamn funny is the Sharks play three times this season. The Sharks do the same team back-to-back. The first one, of course, was in Prague when they played Nashville twice, a team that's not in their division. Tonight, this Tuesday, Calgary. Okay, that's a team that's in their division. But then at the end of the season, they play Colorado twice, not in their division. How are we not doing this with LA and Anaheim and... uh, it's well, and and again, if you if you make it, it dude. well, and again, if you make it so that you play the Pacific Division more times and you play the Central Division and the Eastern Conference the same amount of games, what's the point of conferences? 
<laughs> now. Right? I mean, right? Because that's the thing. The whole idea with, with the way that you broke it down, the whole idea is that divisional games are the most important, and then intra-conference games are the second most important, and then interconference is the third most important. It's, to me, and again, we are not experts according to the powers that be, but to me that seems like the simplest path here. And again, you you go to 84 game you go from 82 to 84 games. That's fine. The Sharks had six preseason games this year. I bet they could get it done in 3. Oh, look, that's a net one saving. Congratulations. You're welcome. <laughs> Good for you. Now, let me ask you this. Another thing from the Board of Governors meetings is they brought up the idea of play-ins. And again, it's uh, Bettman saying you're looking to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Is 16 out of half the team making it is fine. But if they're hell-bent on more hockey, what about 20 teams of a 32-team league, including four wild cards? You have the wild cards play a five-game series. And, dude, the the TV networks, the arenas, you're going to tell me they'd be, dude, they'd be juiced for that revenue versus two extra games. Well, I, exactly. Like, and that's what I'm saying. You know, Bettman, Bettman works for the owners. His, his, he works to make them money and have them be happy. They will love more money. The fans would love more hockey. We, <laughs> you know, get obviously given the circumstances surrounding the bubble, you know, everybody, you know, it is obviously a very trying time, but the bubble hockey was fun because of how much there was mm -hmm. and how much excitement there was. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seeing Chicago in there when they shouldn't have any business being there. Hell yeah. Right. That was fun. And, and, you know, and, and so I, I just, I don't know. It's very confusing. And also I don't, but here's the other thing. I don't know, like 16 out of 32 teams make the playoffs. To me, that feels satisfactory. That feels right. Half the, but, half the league makes it. But then at the same time, you know, there was once upon a time an NHL where 16 out of 21 teams made the playoffs, which to me you know? sounds like why have a regular season, <laughs> right? But, but, but based on, based on that metric, wouldn't you think an expansion of the playoffs should happen just based on that? Well, yes, I agree with you. I mean, and the wild card has definitely done things for baseball. It's, it's just that idea Basketball of is a play in too. I'm sorry. What sport? The NBA added a play-in as well. I don't watch soccer. <laughs> uh, but but with baseball, when they added in that wild card, it, things got a lot more interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'd be interested in this, it, but it's that whole idea of it's, it's tough to see a team who rocked for a lot of the season, and then you see them get bounced by a team that just happened to catch fire at the right time, even though they were, you know, as low as you could be getting it. That's right. That's the one that kind of sticks in your craw. You know, you're like, God damn it. Are you kidding me? There was, uh, Oh, I wish I could remember, uh, on the giants. Who was Either way. I do remember a couple teams like they, you know how we sit there and go, Oh, you got goalied. It was, uh, oh, you got wild carded. You know, some team came in hot, even though you, over the course of the schedule, were much better than them. Statistically, you had a lull and they were on fire and you got jacked. But right. then again, 
that dude makes for column inches, man. Makes for more clickbait <laughs> and and more revenue. Um, yeah. The other thing that Bettman had mentioned, this is, I think, is hysterical, is that evidently the NHL next season is going to be rolling out what they're calling a fan code of conduct. Good. I think I can sum it up in four words. Don't be a dick. No, and I, I agree mean, dude, with that, did but you the see, problem is um, a lot of people are dicks. I know. Dude, did you see the fight that happened at Mullet Arena, Boston and Arizona? Yeah, someone got their finger bit off. Dude, you said there. You talk about coming from the top rope. Did you see that one officer <laughs> come in like out of nowhere? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, Bettman, courtesy of a Wojcinski tweet, weighed in on the digital dasher board ads. I think this is hysterical. So Bettman says the digital dasher board ad backlash is a non-issue because their polling indicates. Fans find games more watchable with those digital ads replacing physical ones. I'm sorry, but that is the biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard. If they came out and said, if they came out and said that it was the same level of watchability, I would be fine with that. Maybe, but first off, the 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 two things that get me on this: they're polling. Okay, let's see them. Where are these polls? Yeah, who'd they ask? Yeah. Like, did you ask the owners? Did you ask your sponsors? Is that who you polled? Like, I saw the polling. And this is not, again, this is goes back to one of our favorite uh, go-tos. This is not a bug. This is a feature. This is something that Bettman has a history of doing. It's whenever you question him on something, well, our polling, sh- okay, show us the polls. Well, I don't have them on me. You know, but <laughs> saying. people are saying. Yeah, dude, the Games are more watchable because of digital ads. Are you fucking kidding me? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. They're more watchable. Again, if they had said they're the same level of watchability, then I'd be like, okay, I don't agree, but whatever. But to say they're more watchable, like it just feels like egregious. You know, I didn't watch hockey ever in my life, but all of a sudden they've added these moving ads during games, and now all of a sudden I want to watch it. Well, and you know what? So, <laughs> Are you fucking and, kidding me? Well, and this is obviously relevant, but like, so the FIFA World Cup, they have the digital ads on their games, and, you know, anybody who watched the, the championship game today will know what I'm talking about. Those digital ads seem seamless and or yeah it seems seamless and seem appropriate you know what i mean like <laughs> like i could see okay yeah you know the little digital toyota rav4 is moving but that's fine oh, okay it's that. whatever no it's not a big deal but then you see it in the nhl and it's like whoa fuck is that the second is there a second puck in the game like what you know oh dude the the there was a whole bunch of watches like floating out of nowhere there was the yeah the car that ro- the rims around the board oh dude but look at it, the ads for the World Cup. I think you you would appreciate that version better. I'll have to take a look. But, I mean, Bettman, he's done this polling bullshit before. He did it with the shootout. It's, oh, fans love the shootout. You know, he did it with the 04 lockout. Oh, fans want us to lock them out. Many people are saying. Yeah. So, but let, let's take, you know what, for, for, let's just take a look at how well some of these digital ads are happening. Now, you could sit there at the beginning, like if this was week one, maybe week two, you know, game seven or eight, and oh, they're still trying to work out the bus. We're over a third of the way into the hockey season. 
Let me show you just a little scotch of what happened in Winnipeg. Uh, I'm sorry, in Vancouver when Winnipeg was there last night. And you tell me if you notice anything different about the Dasher boards. Capo Bianco's first goal as a Winnipeg Jet. In his fourth game with the Jets franchise. Previously member of the Arizona Coyotes. As we mentioned earlier, he hasn't played much of late, but Good. Rick Bonus saying he's a great teammate, he's worked hard, hasn't complained. Who deserved to be in the lineup? Billy Heal also called up with the injury to Schmidt, but they didn't put Heal on. Are you kidding me? Have you seen uh, Star Wars? When no. you know when, when when the Jedi die and they have that glow about them, that's what the players looked like when they were up against those boards that were obviously something was was jacked up and they were just all black. Mm-hmm. So to, to, I don't know. Just to hear Bettman spew that bullshit, I'm just kind of like, ah, dude, stop pissing on my leg and tell me it's raining, dude. It's fucking annoying. You're 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 better than that. Ugh. All right. Oh, God, I didn't think it could get any worse. It got worse. Ooh, Barracuda. <laughs> Apologies if that was a little too loud. I had some, <laughs> had, a, had a little juice underneath the uh, audio on that. The CUDA sucked this week. <laughs> Let's get through this real fucking quick. Three games to start off a five game roadie. They, Boom, start off with a 5-0 shutout loss to Henderson. Were you at this one by any chance? Nope. Well, you didn't miss nothing. Mack and Yemi got pulled in favor of Dell. Elevators have seen less up and downs than the Barracuda this season. Let me let you know. They followed that up with a trip to Colorado. 4-3 loss. Eklund and Gushkin both have 2.9, so there's that. And Dell stopped 26-30. Not great, but I guess it's better than... <laughs> Having to slide in and get pulled after Maganini. And then finally, the Cuda loss in a 5-2 route to the Eagles. Bordelow, Cole with both the goals, and Maganini gets torched again. The Cuda will finish up their five-game road trip with a pair in Abbotsford this Tuesday and Wednesday. So, yikes. Cuda now 500, 13-13-1. They fall to 7th in the Pacific Division. It is not going good. Your leaders are essentially the same. Bordalo with 12 goals. Merkley and Agazino tied with 15 assists. Agazino 23 points. And, uh, well, the goalies are kind of the same. Dell, 904 save. McAniemi, 903. Our prospect of the week, Cameron Lund. 5 goals, 8 assists, and 13 games with Northeastern University. So, there you go. It is time. Your favorite time of mine. Tweet, tweet of the week. Oh, I forgot to play the graphic. Oh well. <laughs> I gotta. I have to pre-record that. But we talked about Sif. What was his name? Swift Shark saying that if uh, Arizona won, it'd be fifty bucks. Well, somebody came in. Sharks. 12,008, Robert goes, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl with a third-string quarterback, in other words, Big Cock Brock, I will donate 100 bucks to the podcast. Dude, go Brock. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 
But let's let's be honest. The real tweet of the week. What I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. What kind of sorcery is this? Hartikainen, van och skicklig, målskytt, poängmakare. Oh, vilket försök han gör. Det där har inte sett många gånger, Mikael. Herregud. Har du någon gång sett något liknande? Det är någon scen. Vad är det här han bjuder på? Eller han lägger upp den. Oj, 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 oj. Okay, let's let's be honest. The best part of that is oj, 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 oj. Oh, I love the call on that. Dude, would that be legal in the NHL? Yeah, I would say so. Dude, if only that had gone in. That'd have been the shit. Whew. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Uh, it's Timu Hartikainen. Oh, dude, that was some sick shit. All right, so uh, we're past the 90-minute mark, which means uh, it's time to give away something. What happened with last week's giveaway? What did we give away last week? Was that the... Uh, was that a lunchbox? Was that the piggy bank, the bank? What, what, what last are we doing? Week, last week we gave away the third lunchbox. So this week, so oh, was the this week was the Kevin LeBanc. Correct. And what was it? It was Vlasic's uh, what? Shorthanded time on ice or something? Or what was it? Yep, exactly that. And uh, closest without going over. Uh, we had a tie. Fuck you. True story. <sighs> So two so two Vlasic, people had the exact same guess. Yes. Yeah, so Vla so Vlasic's in these three games, Vlasic's penalty kill time was twelve minutes and nineteen seconds. We had two people, and these two were the closest without going over. We had two people who said eleven minutes and eleven seconds. <sighs> so I don't know how you want to handle this. I mean, I can, you know, I don't know if you want to pull up a wheel. And do a random draw, or we're we're gonna have to pull up the wheel, do the random draw. Um, you unfortunately, you're going to have to um, trust me. <laughs> wheel of draw names, whatever. I know there's a website that does, there it is. Wheel of names, random picker. All right, so it's only two names, sir. All right. So do you want to do you want to do you want to give the the full names or do you want to keep it redacted until we have the winner? Uh, just redacted. Just give me person one. You you know. Okay. So let's just here. I'll I'll do it. Um, I'll do it by the number they sent or um, the um. Just give it we'll, to me, man. Yeah, we'll do it by the the order that they sent in there. Fucking give me initials. Whatever. So we have H. Yeah. And we have M. H and M. All right. H and M are on here. Uh, all righty. In fact, you know what? Let me let me grab my phone in case I need to uh, tweet this out later. <laughs> so everybody can see that this shit is like on board and legit. H and M. Hitting video. Here we go. Click to spin. Round and round she goes. Anybody? Anybody? Odds on? Anybody betting H or M? We're coming down. We're coming down. We're coming down. It. The winner is in. Jesus Christ. Stop already. Why is this taking so long? <laughs> oh, my. Okay. It looks like it's M, but it's still spinning just to scotch. 
can't believe this is a 30 second video. Oh my God. It's going over to H. Wow. Uh, the winner is okay. This is a dramatic wheel. Dude, spinning. No, this is okay. Finally, we have a winner. It says H. Yeah, H. That, that, that took too long. Big winner. And so, so M, if you would like video confirming that you in fact did not win, <laughs> I just reach out to me. I have it. I just recorded it. So the winner, and I believe this is somebody who was in the chat earlier tonight. I believe it's um, Hot Wheels, at Hot Wheels on Twitter, H-O-T-W-I-E-L-Z-Z. Shit, Hot Wheels, what's up? Cam, the, the, the user, or the, the name, the display name, whatever you want to call it, Cam Raiders Rising. Mm-hmm. I, I know there is a Hot Wheels that was in the chat. I don't know if it's the same Hot Wheels. Um, well, but, reach uh, out to, to the jerk man on the uh, on I'll the, send on him email. a DM right there I'll you send go. him a DM right now. All right. So, okay. Who won? Uh, <laughs> at Hot Wheels on Twitter. Nice. Is it W-H-E-E-L-Z? H-O-T-W-I-E-L-Z-Z. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally the same. Okay. Totally same. All right. Congrats, dude. And, and you know what I've liked so far is that nobody, we haven't had two of the same people win. Mm -hmm. Cause I would have been all pissed off, dude. I would have been tilted if like three people, you know, three games in a row, it's the same person every time you lucky mother. So, uh, that's where we're at. Um, okay. You, uh, hot wheels. Congratulations. Uh, the, uh, Kevin LeBanc piggy bank. There, there may or may not be something inside the uh, the crevice. Boy, that sounded dirty. But there may or may not be something in there. So, uh, to finish out December, I don't know if we're going to do one next week. We um, Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. So, next Sunday is Christmas Day. Yeah. So, the, the, so are mean, we going on Monday? No, no, we're going on Christmas, buddy. Uh, who's we? <laughs> Dude, next Sunday is Christmas. We're going to be here with our nuts out roasting them on an open flame. That's how it goes, right? We'll see. Something that. like that. Uh, if I have to go roll solo, so be it. Um, but I got a little something for you. Uh, again, as we clean out the <laughs> uh, the Teal Town closet, this is a Tank Tailgate Sharks Fan Fest beer stein. Again, 25th anniversary, 25th logo on there. Autograph. I, I, I was going to say, I believe I know what's on the other side. Autographed by Brent Burns. Okay, I guess I don't know what's on the other side. Yeah. So this, I mean, Brent Burns beer mug. I mean. It's a nice little thing. Right? BBB. Brent Burns beer mug. So that's what we're going to rock. The only problem is, is uh, we're going to have to find how we're doing it this week. What are we going to do? We got two. Is it only? Fuck, it's only two games this week because the uh, holiday is screwing everything up, right? Right. Calgary and Minnesota. Minnesota, who are on a tear right now. As we mentioned earlier, Calgary lost five straight, but boom, Sharks cured that. Uh, but the Wild are on a tear, but the Sharks have another light week. So just two games before that holiday break. But again, even though next Sunday is Christmas, uh, I'll, I'll plan to be here. I guess Chestnut's... Roasting on that open fire. What what are we going to do? What is most interesting to you? Like, I don't mind if we have to recycle something. Maybe it's uh, Timo Myers' shot on goal total over those two games. 
that's not a bad one. Um, just because we haven't used him specifically. Oh, we haven't. No. So we've done. I'll go through what we've done. So I thought, we I did. Thought we did, but team. So we did team save percentage. Then we did Eric Carlson time on ice. Then we did team shots on goal. Then hurdle power play time. Then Vlasic penalty kill time. All right. Well, then I say, uh, boom. Shots on goal for Timo Meyer over the next two games. Again, versus Calgary versus Minnesota. And so for reference, just so everybody has a bit of a baseline. So in these this week's three games, Arizona, Los Angeles, and Calgary, Timo Meyer had No, no, no. Don't don't no hints. Everybody can go mean? look it up. Okay, well, no, fine. everybody can go look it up. I I have a feeling if I'm being the more I'm thinking about this, there's only two games this week. I think we are in tie territory here. Oh fuck. <sighs> then 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 we need something else. I shooting percentage. I like that one, but the only thing is, you know, if you enter the contest, you either have to guess or bust out a calculator. You know what though? Fuck it. Shots on goal without going over for Timo Meyer these two games. If we have to spin the wheel again, so be it. Okay, there we go. So there you go. You want the Brent Burns autographed beer stein? Boom. That's how you enter. And how you always enter is you email hockeyjerk10. No spaces. All of that is all together. Hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com. He will also accept your submissions via the Twitter machine at hockey underscore jerk. Your response has to be in trying to look it up. When did they put seven thirty? Seven thirty Tuesday. So just before puck drop against Calgary. All right. So there you go. Get your submissions in and that's where we'll where we'll be. And uh hopefully next uh next Sunday maybe I'll come up with something even better. But there you go. So um, if you want me to, I, I've been looking on our Apple podcast. I haven't seen a new five-star or or a written review on there. If you want me to uh, give out one of my custom jerseys, somebody needs to, to like throw up something. I, I, I want, a, well, I think we're at like 92. If we hit a hundred reviews and we get some new submissions, uh, the, the written ones on Apple podcast, I think I'll be down to like drop a custom jersey as part of the prize package before the end of the season. So get an Apple Podcast account, everybody. So the Sharks have another light week. As we've said, Calgary on Tuesday, the Wild on Thursday. There you go. Aside from that, we hope everybody has a fantastic holiday. Remember to check out our post-game casts following both of those games. It's going to be Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark, or some sort of amalgamation of those people. You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. And remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel that you're on right now. Leave your take in the comment section of this video if you were not able to join us live. You can always find the links to our social media podcast apps and more included in the show notes on whatever platform you're on. And you can find everything at tealtownusa.com. Remember, if you are somebody who would like to join the Discord party, and Jerk can, he can attest, 
It's a bit of a party over there. He is the deacon of the Discord. You can hit him up for a link to get that VIP pass into the Discord party room. So, jerk man, before we finish this up, we got one week till the holidays. What you, what you doing this week, man? Got any time off? What are you rolling? So, not this week, but the week I uh, the week after Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, I have the whole week off, so I'll be doing a whole lot of nothing. Nice. Are you going to be uh, traveling to the Bay Area, perhaps, to say hello? No. All right. Fuck you, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, I'm off for pretty much this week, and I will say, again, I want to throw this out to all of our uh, buddies checking us out right now or listening on the replay. couple things to look forward to for next Sunday's show. Whether Jerk is here or not, that's fine. Uh, we will have a special guest that will be checked in next Sunday that knows where the bodies are buried. Oh, let me let you know. Well, I'm also have a, an appointment, shall we say, to travel, to, to make a little trip on Wednesday to see some new things that I will be able to share with you all next Sunday. So it could be a very merry Christmas to a lot of people. I think it's going to be pretty cool. So remember to join us next Sunday. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. We're all good. So everybody have a healthy, happy, and safe holiday, if you if you will. Enjoy uh, whatever you celebrate. Do so responsibly, damn it. We want to see you here in 2023 as well. So thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're watching, listening, Whatever it is, we'll see you all next Sunday. So until next time.